Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Ken. It is Tuesday, February 18th, 2020, brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best at what he does, and what he does is dentistry. Really, really good dentistry. I've been his patient for the last 26 years. I'll never go to another dentist. He's fantastic. 317-849-2933, the number. Call him. Uh, Ryan Newman, the crash was horrific. Less than a mile left in the Daytona 500. Ryan Newman leading. There's some bump drafting. There was some blocking. All of a sudden, Ryan Newman is airborne. And as he comes back to the track, he gets punted. A lot of people thought there's no way a guy could survive that. We had no update on his condition as Denny Hamlin celebrated his win. And Denny Hamlin didn't know what, what the disposition of Ryan Newman's crash was. And he can't be blamed for celebrating during that moment. People got outraged on Twitter. That's what they do on Twitter. Ryan Newman, we found out subsequent to that, he was transferred or he was taken to a hospital, transported there. And uh, he is in serious condition. His injuries are not life-threatening. How that's the case, I have absolutely no idea. How that crash could happen and the driver of the vehicle not perish in the crash, thank God that Ryan Newman is alive this morning. I don't know how you build cars so safe that in the midst of a crash like that, a fatal injury isn't suffered. I'm so pleased. The South Bend native, he's doing okay. He's been around NASCAR. He's driven NASCAR for what? This is his, I think, 21st season. He's won Daytona. He's won the Brickyard 400, won here in 2013. And uh, Ryan Newman, non-life-threatening injuries, and that is a really, really good thing. When NASCAR brings out the black screen and removes a, a driver under that kind of cloak, you assume that the news is the worst. It wasn't last night, which was absolutely wonderful. Again, Denny Hamlin, the winner of the uh, Daytona 500. My God, the crashes, though. Uh, the crash is late. Um, you, you know, and, and the way we feel about crashes anymore... We don't really even blink. I mean, we've seen crashes at the Indianapolis 500 involving Scott Dixon, 
Elio Casper Neves, right? When Casper Neves uh, drove under a car that was in midair. I, how, I, I, I know it, it must be thrilling to drive those cars, but how you, how you continue to compete without the understanding or without tremendous fear that you're, you're putting yourself in harm's way is just unbelievable to me. I mean, if I go, you know, if I go 110 miles an hour on an interstate, I lose my mind. If I'm in the car that goes that fast, driving that fast, that's not something I do anymore. Uh, you know, did it twice. And at 110, I was like, okay, this is plenty. I don't need to go this fast. Let's get this thing back to 75 and be a safe uh, occupant of a car, not just for me, but for the other people on the road, right? Everybody buys in, though. Everybody understands the risk with NASCAR, with IndyCar. They get it. They continue to drive. They continue to compete. I, I, I think that there's uh, glory to be had there. And, and thankfully, nobody paid the ultimate price yesterday for that glory. Ryan Newman, uh, non-life-threatening injuries, and that's a really, really good thing. How about Notre Dame last night? Notre Dame was terrific last night, down, the, the last eight and a half minutes. They're down 15 with eight and a half to go up in South Bend. They come roaring back. Uh, UNC still with a lead late, and, and Notre Dame, they work the ball around. They attack the bucket. They miss. There's an offensive rebound, and uh, Nate Leshewski, he hits the game-winning three with 2.2 seconds left, and the Irish, they beat North Carolina. How about this for a statistic? North Carolina is 3-5 and five in games they led in by double digits in the second half. That's unbelievable. In, in games decided by three or fewer points, they, they haven't won many of those games either. Roy Williams is about to lose his mind. He was dropping F-bombs during the post-game press conference. And anybody who knows Roy Williams understands that that just doesn't happen all the time. So Notre Dame, they get the big W. UNC, last place in the ACC. 69 years old, Roy Williams. You know what? People are talking about age, right? They're talking about John Beeline. A lot of talk about John Beeline and the Indiana job. I don't know whether any of that talk is uh, relevant or, or whether that talk exists beyond Twitter and beyond sports talk radio. Dan Dockich mentioned it yesterday on his show. Uh, but and, and people point and say, you know, John Beeline's 67 years old. You know what? Mike Krzyzewski is uh, 73. Leonard Hamilton's 71. Roy Williams is 69. Uh, you know, Jim Beheim, I think is 75, for God's sake. As though somebody can't coach because they're 67 years old, that's just preposterous. Uh, Beeline is going to coach someplace, whether he separates from the Cavs or not. He's going to coach someplace. Building, uh, taking part of a rebuild, Wherever that might be, might be Texas. Texas may be looking at making a change. Shaka Smart has not been the right guy for that job. That much is clear. Um, if he does that and people complain about his age, they're out of their minds. What do you think? He's going to be there 15 years? Nobody's anywhere for 15 years anymore. Krzyzewski like, and Beheim, those guys are dinosaurs, man. You're not going to have a guy hold on to a job for 15 years. Beeline 
is a terrific basketball coach, whether he's 27 or 67. Um, age really doesn't have much to do with it. Roy Williams at the age of 69, do you think he forgot everything that he ever knew about basketball or, or forgot what he, uh, what he knew about young people and what they need from a coach? I don't think so. I don't think age has a hell of a lot to do with it. Uh, Harry Carey died 22 years ago today. How about that? Harry Carey, part of a broadcasting uh, kind of brotherhood at that time, where the broadcasters were companions. You don't have that a lot anymore. I guess Pat Hughes, to an extent, is a companion. But radio broadcasters, they used to be, you, you kind of sat with them, or TV broadcasters. You sat with them and you watched the game. You could watch a game by yourself and feel like you had a friend there, right? Whether it was Vin Scully or Jack Brickhouse or Harry Carey or, or any of a number of uh, uh, Ernie Harwell, for goodness sake. You had a lot of guys who, who sat and kept company with, with those who watched games, and Harry was one of those. Yeah, he was a few beers in most of the time, especially when he was with the White Sox and and the Cardinals, but that's, a, that's okay. I don't mind a companion drinking a couple of beers. People today would be aghast. People would get fired. Broadcasters would be fired for getting a couple of beers in, broadcasting a game. It isn't all that serious. Come on. You know, people take, they actually take classes to learn how to do play-by-play. -play. Either you can do play-by-play. -play. Either you're a good guy or woman, to sit next to at a game and experience a game with, or you're not. And that's really the critical component uh, of what you got. Mark Boyle, one of those guys in the NBA, been doing it for more than 30 years for the Indiana Pacers. He's a guy, you sit next to, you watch a game, he says interesting things. Slick, same deal. Um, we're lucky here. Matt Taylor, I think, is one of those guys. So, it, like I said, we're lucky in Indianapolis. Purdue... They've got Wisconsin at Madison tonight. This is a really important game for Purdue. They lose this one. They drop to 7-9 in the Big Ten. And at 7-9, you're kind of tied. It's a percentage point thing. You'd be in the lead of the teams that are tied with you for 10th, but, uh, but barely. And there would be one game over 500. The Boilermakers would if they lose tonight in Madison. They've got some games that they're looking ahead to and think that they're going to win, like the game against Indiana coming up later this month. Indiana, tomorrow night, they've got uh, a game at the barn at Minnesota. you got to win that game. Minnesota and Indiana right now tied for 11th in the Big Ten, um, ahead of only Northwestern and Nebraska. Indiana's got to win that game. You, you've got three road games left, and you've got to win one, and you've got to sweep at home in order to guarantee a spot in the NCAA tournament. At 10 and 10, Indiana goes. If they don't get to 10 and 10, I don't think that they go. You've got to win a road game. This is the most gettable among the three. The other road games at Purdue, at Illinois, I don't think you're winning either of those. Um, maybe you get in with a 9 and 11 Big Ten record. And in, in order to do that, You've either got to win this game coming up tomorrow night or you've got to beat Penn State at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Penn State playing really well, and they played well on the road in the Big Ten. They've got a 5-3 and three record on the road in the Big Ten. 
if Indiana is going to beat Penn State, it's not going to be easy for them. Winning the three home games left and the other two are against Minnesota and Wisconsin. Those are gettable, right? Penn State, I don't know. Minnesota on the road, you can win that game. The other two games, I don't think you can win. That's where Indiana is right now. Indiana is going to get better. We've been talking about this. All right, Indiana under Archie Miller is going to get better next year. Archie Miller had two tracks to take when he took the job. Number one, he could clean house. He could move on from guys who were recruited by Tom Crean, bring in his own guys, build his culture in that moment, establish his culture. He didn't do that. He decided, you know what, I'm going to take Tom's guys. We're going to welcome them them into what I'm doing, and we're going to figure out a way to win. That hasn't worked to, to the extent that Indiana fans would like it to work. And let's be clear about this. It's not all about wins and losses with Indiana fans. It's not. It, it's about effort, and it's about execution. Indiana fans are pretty good at understanding basketball a little bit. They understand when they're getting maximum effort from players, and they understand when they're getting crisp execution, and they understand when the team is well-coached. They see those things. They're not seeing those things in Bloomington right now. They're not seeing that from this team, and that's a problem for Indiana fans. And so they're trying to foresee a future that's going to be brighter than what they've got in year three of Archie Miller. I think year four is going to be brighter. And I think year five has a chance to be really good. You got to be patient. But here's the deal. If you're patient and you're wrong, you look like an idiot. If you're patient and you're right, you can kind of say, look, see, I told you, you got to take a deep breath. We got to decide which we want. Do we want to be, do we want to bet on impatience being the correct tack? Or do we want to bet on, uh, on, on like, hey, this is never going to get better. This is year three, and we haven't seen any improvement at all. You are perfectly justified choosing either road. I'm choosing the road where Archie Miller is the right guy, and he's going to get this thing done. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Would John Beeline be a better coach? I don't think that there's a basketball expert in the world who wouldn't think that John Beeline would be an improvement over Archie Miller, and that might include Archie Miller. So, do you have a decision? I don't think you have a decision. They're going to keep Archie Miller. If you were the AD, maybe you have a decision. But you don't have a Fred Glass isn't going to be the AD beyond the end of this academic year. And the new AD isn't going to come in and put a bullet in Archie Miller and hire John Beeline. Not at the cost that Indiana would incur. If, they, if Archie Miller is fired before the end of the 2021-2022 season, they owe him full boat for the remaining two years. Any time before then, they owe him the rest of his contract. That's a hell of a lot of money. Fred Glass put in place uh, a, a calculated and contractual patience for Archie Miller that the new AD is going to have to live with for a while. That's going to be a question that's going to be asked during this search, which is taking uh, quite a while. I don't know. Everybody wants to hire the perfect person for every position. Sometimes, you know what, 
by looking for perfect, you find the least. I don't know why that is, but it seems to be true a lot. Just hire somebody to run the athletic department, somebody who knows something about sports and business. How the hell hard is that? Let's go. Uh, birthdays being celebrated today by Facebook friends Michelle Teague. Happy birthday, Karen Christensen. Happy birthday, Peter Kahn, Jimmy Kite. Uh, Blaine Thompson, the great Blaine Thompson. Sarah McBee, the great Sarah McBee. Uh, Trace Moustakis, happy birthday. Shane Foley, Michael Schweitzer, happy birthday. Eric Schwarzkopf, happy birthday. And Ken Valdesari, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. It's best done with an honest and specific uh, uh, compliment, for God's sake. Pay somebody a compliment. Be a nice person. As I peruse the books, all of which I have read, I believe, I my eyes went immediately to oops. The bright yellow cover is what does the trick. Yellow and red. It's the art of learning from mistakes and adventures. I wrote it, 244 pages. I got a nice note from my sister yesterday saying that she really enjoyed it. Hey, listen, if uh, my sister compliments it, that's like, forget about it. You know, that that doesn't happen every day. So you can get the ebook, the audio book, the hardcover book, all at Amazon.com. Just search Oops in Kent. Up it pops, the yellow and red cover. And it's uh, 244 pages, like I said of me telling stories about myself, embarrassing stories, and uh, in some cases, funny stories, and the lessons that I learned from those stories. Buy that book today. Help me keep the lights on in this home, would you? 